Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Booze and Views. James and Jessica Grissom here talk about avoiding the uh, man-made extremes in Christianity and life in general. So I think that you should be able to take a stand on what you believe in, but I think that there are a lot of things that we treat as necessities that are really just preferences. And um, being a moderate in that sense uh, makes it difficult to fit into either camp around us, whether it's too conservative or, you know, no structure at all. Uh, so we're just trying to find somewhere in the middle where we fit. And this is part of that journey. So it's been a few weeks since we did one of these a few reasons. One got a toddler. He's more important than this and he makes me tired. Um, and then there's just been so much going around, going on uh, around us in, in America today that it's been really hard to wrap my head around a single subject for a podcast. And I've written a lot on social media and I, I feel like that's probably enough to convey most of my thoughts. But I do want to keep going with this because Jessica always tells me if there's one person who gets value, it makes it worth it. And... So that said, if there's anything that you, you know, want discussed on here, definitely let me know. Don't forget, you can email podcast at jamesgrissom.com and we'll see what we can do. Uh, have one friend, a couple of people already have talked about doing some collaboration sessions. So we'll, we'll have some of that coming up sometime soon. So today's a grab bag of thoughts from the past few weeks. I feel like I've thought a lot about this, hopefully enough to condense it down to a bite-sized chunk um, because really all of this comes down to temptation which by the way is what I'm drinking <laughs> so uh, the temptress double chocolate stout from Lakewood it's a imperial milk stout which means that it packs a punch it's like 10% mm -hmm. it's really rich like it's it's a little bit frothy does definitely have a huge uh, chocolate aftertaste. You don't like the coffee aftertaste though, right? Yeah, I like the chocolate. And like this one's a little fizzier. So I like that. I don't like the stouts that are kind of flatter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a bit of a punch for me. Yeah. I, <laughs> I dig it. Um, these things uh, make awesome chocolate cakes, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um Lakewood is a very cool place. It's in Garland. Um, you can do a brewery tour and go to their tasting room. And uh, they sometimes do this package deal where you can get a flight and the tour and a shirt for like 20 bucks or something crazy. Yeah. Um, so definitely if you're if you're in the Metroplex, you should check that out. It's it's worth going. A bunch of cool people who really love their craft. So uh, highly recommended. Um, they have a ton of other brews if milk stouts aren't your thing. Um, you'd like several. Yeah, I liked uh, Like, I really liked about half of them. And then the other mm -hmm. ones, it was still fun to taste. I think between both of us, we tasted everything there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a cool party room that you can rent out. And yeah. yeah. It's a fun place. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, uh, Lakewood Brewing. Um, Definitely recommend them. Tentress, the Temptress is their stout series. They've got four or five different flavors that are seasonal. But yeah, this is the double chocolate. And I dig it. 
All right, so in that vein, and let's uh, get to the meat of this. As a Christian, I do believe that sin is a real thing that separates us from a real God. I do believe Jesus is our Savior from sin. Um, and, you know, we talk about this in several of the casts before this on, on what that all means. So definitely check that out if, you, if you're starting here. Um, but my nutshell view is that I believe that all sin has its root in selfishness. Um, and that Christ teaches us the goal is to live a life focused on other people first. Um, and that the perfected life, the life aimed towards perfection, is one that gradually more and more loves God and loves humanity, at least as much as ourselves, with the goal, the perfection being more. Um, and, you know, Jesus said it when he was asked, what's the most important law? And he said, love the Lord your God. And, you know, and the second is love everyone else. Um, Love your neighbor as yourself. Um, so I think that everything that's been happening these few weeks um, can be wrapped up in the uh, selfishness and temptation and that the antidote, the cure... It's love with every bit of it. So temptation gets in our way. We're tempted every day, every hour from some inside or outside voice to shift our attention inward towards satisfying ourselves over honoring God or helping other people. So I want to talk about three temptations that got us where we are today that caused all of the mess that we're seeing across America. Um, but before I do that, I do want to reiterate something I've said before, something Jessica and I have been talking about a lot lately. Even though sin is the root of all problems, selfishness is the root of sin. And the only way that you can stop selfishness is for you to make a decision to love you can stop it in yourself, but we can also set up laws and set up structures in our society that protect you from selfish intentions. That's the whole point of a society of laws. And so to say, well, it's a, it's a sin matter, it's a heart matter, it's not going to go away until these people seek Jesus is a cop-out. It's lazy. There's stuff we can do right now to start helping matters. And part of love is seeking justice for the people who are being mistreated. It's not standing idly by and praying. Praying is important. Idleness is a sin, period. So I don't want to get into this thing and say that I think that the root of all this is sin and selfishness and that mean don't do anything. It's the opposite. We have a response to sin. And the response is love. That's what Jesus told us. And love includes seeking justice. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I talked about that a lot this week. So. Mm -hmm. 
All right, so I'm going to talk about the three temptations that I think are the root of uh, all the things going on right now. Uh, and I just want your reaction. Okay, that's why I'm not reading uh -huh. your notes. <laughs> yeah, I just want your reaction first, and, and then I do have some, you know, a few points to talk about. Um, so I think that one of the biggest temptations that causes what we're seeing right now around us is the temptation that I deserve more than you. I can see that. I can see that. And and maybe sometimes that that's taken you're not even you're not even necessarily thinking about that or wanting that necessarily just stated that way, but at the end of the day, your main goal was to take care of yourself and then the people that you love and hold closest to you, whether that's your family or your best friend or whatever. So you're going to protect that you and that entity, whoever that may be first. So maybe unknowingly, sometimes it comes across selfishly, even though it's just a very narrow point of view with it. Maybe. Yeah. So here are three ways that I see that playing out. Um, thoughts, like Jessica just said, she's not reading my notes. This is why we're married. Um, <laughs> no, I'm keeping my eyes still so I don't see his notes because <laughs> I'm trying to react without yeah. thinking about this. But I mean, you you <laughs> definitely hit a couple of my my sub points there. One, uh, the thought that I worked hard for this, I worked harder than you, therefore I deserve what I have, and too bad you don't. Yeah. Um, this is something we see all the time. And um, that is not what Jesus told the rich young ruler. Jesus told him, yeah, you got all this stuff. Go sell it and give it to the poor. And he walked away and his disciples were completely flabbergasted. Like, so what are you saying? And if you read the rest of the works, Jesus isn't saying that it's inappropriate or evil to have stuff, but he's absolutely saying that if you've hardened your heart because of stuff and you refuse to help the people around you, you're wrong. So saying, I worked hard for what I have and too bad they didn't, is not biblical. Yeah, that's why you don't question, like we've stopped the car and given snacks out to people, homeless people or people, you know, begging on the side of the road and, um, try to be careful with that because I know there there are dangers to that but at the same time I don't know where that person is and if they just have a sign or they're just asking for food well I'm going to give them food whether they have worked hard for it or not I don't know but I've got plenty of food yeah, so absolutely. yeah so second way this plays out I didn't make you fail I didn't make you miss the mark. I didn't put you in the situation you're in, so it's not my responsibility. Yeah. You know, we see this a lot with people arguing against any kind of social programs. The top two, these top mm -hmm. two, I worked for what I have, and I didn't put you where you are, so it's not my job. And, and that's really that that's the last point they they just all three go hand in hand it's not my job to help you get more i take care of mine first and yeah, i hate to tell you but that's the definition of selfishness 
the temptation is I deserve it. But temptation in and of itself isn't sin. The temptation to think you deserve it isn't already going there. The sin comes in when you harden your heart against others because you believe you're better. You believe you earned it. You believe that there's no responsibility for you to help the other person. It's wrong of us. And we're all guilty of it. I definitely don't do this perfectly. But I think that it, this is a huge part of the problems that we're seeing around us. If I didn't put you there, and if it's not my job to help you out because I worked hard, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and you can too, how are we ever going to get better as a community? And sometimes people need just that little bit of hope, like just maybe, I don't know, you never know where somebody is along their journey. And so sometimes just seeing that glimpse of hope and something simple that you can do might help propel them forward and it might not but Jesus didn't say uh, go feed the hungry if they do XYZ and if you follow XYZ yeah. it's go feed the hungry 100% um, just like when you give a gift to someone a true gift doesn't mean I give this to you if you follow this 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 and this even though that is true in some legal aspects of donations and such but <laughs> sure like giving an actual gift to somebody that's truly a gift then it doesn't matter what they do with it it's from your heart to theirs and they can use it however they please or re-gift it or whatever and you need to have it with no strings attached yeah yeah and now, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do think that there's a reason that if you go to a food bank, they take down your information. Yeah. They're, they're giving you X amount per month so that they can help other people. Mm -hmm. It's not to punish you. It's not to disrespect you. It's so that everybody can get help. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right. Second one. The temptation that my history matters more than yours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one, either personally or... Um, like on a cultural level like the more I'm reading the more I'm realizing that in American history we don't like to tell people when we've messed up yeah. and the more I'm seeing and reading I'm like oh we actually shouldn't have done that or we maybe should have done something differently along these lines and yeah. I, I, yeah you just don't hear that very often in schools yeah. So, you know, selfishness and pride go hand in hand. And if if I matter more, if I'm doing it the best, then that means I have pride in who I am and that you should just be grateful that you can stand in my shadow. Mm. Um, and I don't think anybody that I know is just purposefully doing that. But I think that most people have no idea that their words are implying that. Yeah. So one way that we do this is, well, I live at the same time, I live in the same neighborhood, and I'm okay, so why aren't you? Mm. Jessica and I grew up in the same city, which is funny because we didn't meet till much <laughs> later. Yeah. 
In a different city. In a very different city. <laughs> um, but in that little city, um, you could go a block and a half and go from $300,000 houses, $400,000 houses to apartments that were, you know, Section H housing and um, had crime issues. Yeah. Um, and that takes place all over the world. But it's easy to say, well, I live in the same city and I'm okay, not realizing that your block is a world apart. Yeah, absolutely. And not realizing that your history did give you an advantage, whether you want to admit it or not. So, likewise, I didn't experience that. So you're either exaggerating or lying. That drives me bonkers. Yeah. So, again, we grew up in the same place, but had drastically different lives. Mm-hmm. Um, she was homeschooled and, you know, didn't venture out very much besides work and a few friends, right? Yeah. In church. Well, and we had our, our circle of friends were people that were just like us or more conservative. So, um, yeah, I didn't. And mom, mom and dad taught us to be kind to everybody and to love everybody. But I didn't really know what that meant until I started experiencing relationships with people that were very, very different from me and having to question what does that really mean? What does this really look like? Yeah. So, and I went to public school and, um, you know, came from a broken, broken, broken home. Um, you know, have many divorces on, you know, both sides that, you know, went through, um, lots of garbage. Um, and, it would be very easy for me to say, oh, well, you know, that city growing up there uh, was a terrible experience and I don't understand how anybody could maintain faith in that environment. When Jessica, arguably in some ways, at least at that point in my life, uh, had less, but had a family unit that even though it was absolutely far from perfect, Uh, was based on love for each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So my experience of that city is much worse than hers because our histories are different. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, so the last one, uh, and honestly, I don't care if this is poking the bear. (laughs) My symbols and statues standing are more important than your reactions or feelings. It's just wrong on so many levels. Yeah. And that was the breaking point for me on social media this past month. Uh, That's what finally just hit the final straw for me because I'm usually a pretty chill person and I don't like getting involved in drama, but seeing so much of that it i had to say something because that does come down to a lot of selfishness and not even just trying to understand or empathize with that other person of you know 
this might not mean the same thing to you, but it means a lot to that other person. And you need to be considerate of that. Absolutely. And your history can be important to you. Your family, you know, legacies and heritage and all that. It can be part of what drives you. But when you elevate your experience above someone else's just because uh, you can, you're you're not truly loving the other person. Just stop and have a conversation. And, you know, it's one of those things to where um, the cross is a symbol of what Christ did for us. But I'm not stupid enough to wear an outfit made completely of crosses and walk around, uh, you know, a downtown city in Saudi Arabia. Right. Um, Well, and you're not ever going to have a conversation with someone that way. It's going to start out as hostile or as uh, a turnoff. Like, yeah, yeah. it's not a good conversation opener. (laughs) Yeah, and the purpose of the cross was to lay down yourself for people who didn't even deserve it. All right, third temptation. The temptation to believe that any single person really has the best plan for your community, state, or nation. (laughs) It is impossible for a single person to represent more than five or six people, and even then it's already iffy. Mm -hmm. So people are diverse. There's no one size fits all. It's impossible. And this blind trust that if you don't believe everything XYZ is saying, then you don't love America or you're not a real Christian is garbage. Just like if you, you know, the the opposite way would be just as true. Um, so I'm not, I'm not just casting stones at one side, no matter who it is. If you think this one person is the be all end all and that they can do no, no wrong, you're deceiving yourself. And if we sweep everything they've ever done wrong under the table, you're deceiving yourself. Everybody is selfish at some point. Everybody does stupid things, but the way that we're taught to deal with that um, in a very biblical way is um, you appoint leaders with grace and you confront them with equal grace. Uh, Paul, who was notorious for killing Jews, called out Peter, Jesus's right-hand man, for being a racist. And he was right, and the church changed for the better because of it. That is the model of real Christian accountability. When you see something wrong, it is our duty to promote justice and to stop hypocrisy. It's our duty. So 
It's only by really loving our neighbor that we can lay down our temptation to dictate what we, what we see as best for everyone. We need to work with each other to come to some sort of a quorum that benefits as many people as possible. And you know what? Unfortunately, we're never going to get it all the way right. But if we stop and have the conversation to try as hard as we can to get as many people taken care of, at least we're doing a bit better. Any other thoughts on that? So I think if we love people first, we'll see that um, me having plenty is worthless if our neighbor has nothing. If we really love people, their history matters, their diversity is beautiful, and their needs are our needs. And if our leaders don't display love to everyone, they're not worthy of being our leader. Period. Doesn't mean you have to like everyone. There's plenty of people I dislike. But when that person is hungry and I have food, I'd like to think that I'd give it to them. Yeah. I, you know, I, I want to right now, not being in the middle of an angry situation, but I'm flawed. Um, and it doesn't mean that I think that, um, you know, if you listen to my last podcast, I don't think everyone is completely bad either. And so recognizing that, um, everybody makes mistakes, everybody gets selfish, but our job as Christians, our job is to love people and become more and more selfless every day. And some of the rhetoric going around today, supposedly in Christian terms, is doing nothing but causing strife and division. And it's got to stop. Anything else? No, I think you summed that up pretty well. <laughs> All right, folks. Keep drinking and thinking. Talk to you next time.